With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, my friends. It's your buddy, Phil, here, project management trainer and coach. This is real talk for people who have been involved in the REP program in the past, people who have been involved in training project management based on previous PMBOK guides, and people who may be in the new ATP program. First and foremost, if you listen to the sound of my voice, I just want to say a huge congrats to us on surviving the crazy 2020 and equally crazy 2021. And those of you who are still in industry training, I duff my hat to you because it has been quite a crazy journey. All sorts of unexpected Surprises have been thrown at us. Let's just journey back in our little time machine here and go back to pre-2020 when we were talking about the exam changing. Remember that? The exam was meant to have changed in 2020. And in 2019, we began taking a look at that new content outline. And for a time, there were two content outlines out, and that was crazy. And then we had the cutover the crossover map, remember that? And the crossover map, it didn't really do much to help anyone <laughs> because we realized that it was a totally new configuration in the current content outline. So a lot of that crossover stuff, it just didn't work. It was just like comfort food. It didn't really do any good when we boiled it down. But we got over that and January 2021, was when the new exam kicked off. And unfortunately, a number of people who were banking on taking the old exam realized that it was no longer available. It was a lot of chaos, confusion at that time. And around about that time in December 2020, we also had the REP program going away and the new ATP program coming in. And there were a number of notable companies, people, entities who had been in industry for eons, much longer than I have, they took a stand not to join the ATP program. And there were many reasons, one of which was they didn't want control of how they taught the content. They didn't want control over the materials they used. And I felt quite the same way. So a lot of companies ended up joining the program but more than two-thirds of the original registered education providers at the last time I checked did not. Because I know we were banking on about 300 and 3,000 thereabouts. I know some people had already dropped off the wagon prior. 
But at the time the program was launched, I remember it was a very minuscule amount. I think at the end of the day, maybe two thirds. If you know a, a better number, then let me know. But very few people who were on the original program joined. And this program was launched. And immediately people began thinking they were at a disadvantage and predominantly ATP trained students would do well and those who were not ATP students wouldn't. But that ended up not being the case. And instead, instead of us seeing what had been repeated over the years of a um, uh, large number of folks taking the exam not doing well, we quickly realized that almost everyone was passing the exam. Almost every single candidate that put up a notification on social media said they passed. Now, if you put this in contrast with years before that, you realize that a lot of people were not passing the exam. Now, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I believe needless difficulty, needless tedious difficulty is no good. And if that is what the exam was in the years gone by, then it's good to move away from that. But if that was not just needless tedious difficulty, if those were good checks and balances for the exam in time past, then taking away such checks and balances could actually end up hurting the profession, end up hurting the reputation that PMPs have. For example, I'll give my example. When I was interviewed by Honeywell about six or seven months after my PMP exam, I did amazingly well in the earned value-based interview. And the only reason why I did was because of the prep that I had to do for the PMP exam. It exposed me to a whole lot of stuff. Now, even though my exam was not riddled with question after question in earned value, the preparation did help me and it set me up for success. And honestly, without the PMP exam that I took in 20, 2005, I wouldn't be where I am today in my career. So it was a very good move. And I'm sure some of you experienced similar things, maybe not with earned value, but other topics of project management that you studied that might have really set a firm foundation. And I'm not talking about the 100% of the PMBOK guide. It might have just been 20% of what you studied ended up contributing to 80% of your foundation or your career or your success in one company or the other. So... The PMP has had quite a, an interesting reputation. It's been both highly regarded and uh, highly disregarded. But I think all in all, there was some good balance. Now, with the advent of the 2021 exam, the exam that we know today has been, in quote, the new exam, the Agile. You know, people say it's the, you might as well call it the PMP Agile exam. Yeah. With the advent of that exam, I'm not sure many of us can say the same thing. Many of us who got certified pre-2021, we feel that the exam has been dumbed down to a point of harm. You get what I'm saying? That is what a lot of us see it as. Now, whether that 
perception is correct, whether it's accurate, is yet to be seen, right? Time will tell. Whether the way the exam was reconfigured is justifiable is yet to be seen, you know? Taking a look at the content outline and taking a look at the sixth edition and taking a look at PMI's infamous materials for the ATP trained PMP exam, there's just so much disconnect that it's rather frustrating to anyone involved, especially you trainers, you know, and I know there are a lot of my colleagues, they're silent, they don't say anything. I'm the one who's got the big mouth, so I put out all this stuff about my views. If you were to hear the views of others, <laughs> you would be, you just know that what I'm saying resonates across the board with many a trainer. I'm not saying everyone, because there, there are a lot of trainers who just want to train and go home. They're not really interested in making much drama or change, you know, so they just train and go home. But there are many others, old faithfuls who've been in the industry and they're like, no, this is not the way to go. This is not how it's supposed to be done. But if you talk to a lot of those folks, they'll tell you that they are rather concerned at the, the, the disparity, the disconnectedness of all of these facets, you know, for this flagship exam of PMIs, you know. And PMI is, is near and dear to many of our hearts. PMI is not one person's firm. It is not a family business, okay? So when people critique what is going on in the PMI and give their two cents, it should be looked at as a welcome family meeting, a welcome family contribution, right? Those of you who got certified in 2021, you realize that having diversity in ideas and in views is actually a good thing. So I encourage anyone who has ideas or concepts or feelings about some of what you're seeing around, don't just be quiet and try to maintain the status quo. Just be honest and talk about it, you know, because you never know who is listening and who you can help to get PMI further along. You know, the people at the helm, they need to understand our views, okay? And I give those folks credit for sailing the ship. Someone's got to be there to steer the ship, right? But a true leader needs to chart the course. And I'm really hoping the new leadership coming in to PMI in 2021, whenever that is, I hope these ideas float up to them so that whoever is at the helm at the end of 2021 will really listen to the voice, the voices of the people on the ground, the people in the chapters, people taking the exams, the people who have taken the exam, the people who have vested interest in the PMI you know, for the past 20 years. 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. If you watch the most recent video cast from PMI, with, we had um, one of our PMI original five. If you watch that one, I'm sure it brought some delight to you. If you haven't watched it, you need to go to PMI's, uh, PMI's website and you want to look for their monthly uh, video cast. 
the, the last one where Tony was interviewing, that is a great one for everyone to watch because it just takes you back and you hear stories and you hear some pretty, pretty interesting things that have been said, you know. So fast forward into 2021 anyway. There's a lot of disparity between the Pembok Guide 6th edition, the Pembok Guide 7th edition, the Agile Practice Guide, PMI's ATP controlled materials for training PMP, and the PMP exam content outline. That's five different things for one exam. Another piece of frustration is the cutover from edition to edition is not that clear cut. From the fifth to sixth it was, fourth to fifth it was. But I think it was a mistake to call this seventh edition a PMBOK guide. This should have been called an addendum to the PMBOK guide. Because it has some good ideas. It has some great concepts as well, like the concept of a value delivery system. I love the way the tools and techniques have been whittled down. The inputs and outputs are a more manageable size. And I like the idea of integration of concepts, but it still doesn't do what, in my mind, a 7th edition should have done. A 7th edition should have brought together concepts such as hybridization to an even higher degree, more deliberate degree, brought together the concepts of predictive and agile, and presented a blowout of what is in the Agile Practice Guide from pages 90 to 95 forward. That is what the 7th edition should have done. It shouldn't have diminished the 6th. It should have brought to the surface the hidden gems in the concepts, trends, tailoring, and consideration for Agile. If you take a look at that, pages 90 to 95 in the Agile Practice Guide, some really great wisdom on how to view knowledge areas from an Agile lens. And that is one of the key pieces to bridge the worlds of predictive and Agile together, to bridge the worlds of knowledge areas and process groups and Agile so that people who are in a hybridized mindset, they don't have Jekyll and Hyde moments. Instead of looking at Agile as being some standalone thing and predictive as some standalone thing, you just see project management for what it is. Project management, whether it's been done by a team, whether it's been done by a project manager, whether it's been done by team members and the project manager, you just see it as one composite whole and you understand how it should be integrated across a project. I think that was a missing piece. There's so much more that can be done with an eighth edition, but I believe the seventh edition is like new coke if you don't know what new coke is <laughs> just google new coke i think the seventh edition is new coke and i think coca-cola made a great step in 2002 19 years plus ago when they decided okay new coke you've run your course <laughs> let's go back Let's go back to the original. Oh, my goodness. So this is just food for thought. I'm just sharing my thoughts randomly. It's getting towards the end of 
2021 and here we are December 1st and it just makes me sit and look back. And, you know, my question to you folks on the ATP program, has the ATP program been all that for you? I want you to drop your comments below and just share with us some of what ideas, benefits, hopes, you know, this program has afforded you. I'm very curious to know. I've heard some individuals saying they may not continue with the program, but I'm curious to know those of you who will continue, why will you continue and what has the program afforded you? I'm really hoping it's been worth it because I know that you're paid a pretty penny and I know the REP program, I can speak for the REP program of the PMI because we were REPs at Praiseon from 2010 to 2020. That's 10 years. Think about that for a second. And I know some of you will, will chuckle because you were in the program for like 15 or more years, right? But it's food for thought. I know the REP program hugely, hugely, immensely uh, contributed to our success as a company. I was a raving fan of the REP program. I know it had some improvements that could have been made, but I, I was a raving fan. The REP program did so much for the project management community. Now, the ATP program is in its infancy, but it's time to begin asking, what have you done for me lately, ATP program? Have you, what have you done? What have you done for the companies? Now, I'm not talking about the big dogs alone because they're, they're huge mammoth companies that already have a footprint and they just needed to become ATPs to pretty much keep the status quo with clients they already had. But I'm curious to know the mid-size, the small-size type of businesses, what exactly has it done for you? It would be nice to share those ideas. Okay? And going into 2022, I wish the new CEO, whoever that is, I wish the new CEO mad success and a lot of well wishes because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. You know, coming into the jungle, just flying blind in the middle of the night, dropped out of a helicopter. You got to have some pretty good fortune on your side and good people to be able to navigate the jungle. It's a jungle right now. So I hope that 2022 provides some better opportunities for us all in the world of project management, in the world of adding value, because that's really what it is. I know we call it project management, but really what it is, it's adding value, giving our customer benefits, and giving them outcomes that they desire. That's what project management is meant to do. So I wish us all the very best in 2022. I hope fast forward one year when we look back, we will truly see some improvements in the world of PMI, but we'll truly see some of those hopes and aspirations that we all had hearing there was a new exam. We hoped that it would take us levels above and not take us levels down. But I know the pandemic has been very, very destructive to a lot of businesses. To some businesses, it has actually been uh, very constructive. Um, it has helped people hit the reset button. I know. 
I guess you could say in a way it has helped PMI hit a reset button when it comes to taking the PMP exam remotely at home, which has brought some blood, sweat and tears from some people that has not yet resulted in their success. And I'm talking about people whose exams have been just cut short, like in the middle of the process due to technical difficulties and things like that. But with new technology, that kind of stuff happens. It takes some time for us to even out the kinks and the ebbs and flows to even things out. So we'll give it a few more years and hopefully those things will be resolved. We've also seen a number of people who have had, unfortunately, their certification status revoked, which has been kind of right there in the forefront this year. We didn't see a lot of that as much before. I know it did happen, but I think the reason is you have a lot of these companies and I'm not going to put any of their names out because they are absolutely shameful companies and they stand against everything that PMI and other organizations stand for, which is setting up full-blown cheating workshops. That's what it is. And these cheating workhouses, they actually try to recruit people to pay for exams to be taken by people other than themselves. They also do bad things like harvesting exam questions and trying to share those. And, and this is why we, we have a lot of cycle changes as we go through the years in the PMP exam. PMI is always updating the questions because of terrible firms like this, in addition to many other reasons, good reasons. It's just good to recycle the questions based on what's happening in the industry. But you have a lot of spurious firms, you know, and PMI, of course, they know that this is out there. And I think all the other certifications do. And we're now at war with these spurious companies. That's why we have this AI detection in uh, set up in the exam. You know, so I know some people have had disappointments. So while there have been some uh, good things to say about the exam being done online, a number of people have been disappointed, shocked and bewildered and don't know what to do. And to those, anyone who's still listening that's uh, thinking of taking the exam, just beware, you know, of these spurious companies that offer harvested questions. It's, it's such a bad, horrible thing, really horrible thing. Um, and cheats all over the place. You know, just a month ago, I got someone sending me a message saying, would you be interested in taking the PSM exam for someone? <laughs> and of course, this was done semi-anonymously because it was done on a one of these sites where you tutor and mentor and train and coach and someone could pose as a student only to ask this question. So I reported the individual to the management of this site, you know, but it just goes to show you that people, as people are actively studying, you know, to do well on a test, people are actively cheating and companies, entire companies are also presenting them that opportunity. So there's a lot of new stuff we're, we're dealing with. Some stuff has been there for years, but it's just now magnified, being that the exam is being taken at home. All right. So 
I hope this gave you food for thought about 2021. It's been a rather interesting year as far as project management is concerned. Uh, personally, I did take a professional exam and uh, that was fun. Uh, I know some people got five, six, seven certifications and that's cool. You know, the certifications are really meant to be a feather in the cap and an addition, not the main thing, because experience is still the best teacher and, of course, the best indicator of, of prowess. You know, great experience, great track record. Those cannot be replaced by a certification. So it's always good to keep that in mind. All right, my friends. Well, thank you very much. I wish you all the very best in 2022 and all your endeavors. Got any thoughts, comments, ideas? I want you to put them in the chat below. You take care. It's your buddy Phil here saying happy 2022 way in advance. And all the best to the new PMI CEO whenever that individual comes in. Talk to you soon.